There he is. We found it. We found it. Hello, very. Hello, Josh. How's it going? It's going good. How are you doing? Not too bad. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you very much for coming on. And I'm sorry if that link I sent you earlier didn't work right away, but I, I guess you found it, so we're good now. Yeah. And no, I was watching for a good 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, cool. So uh, hopefully you were happy with what I said, and then you can kind of clue us in on more of the actual details, because I'm trying to just piece together on what's out there in the media as well. First, I just want to say thank you so much for making time in your schedule. You are the hardest person to get on this show because you're super busy and high demand. Even Jeremy McKenzie was easier to get in Maxine Bernier. But thank you very much for your time, okay? so. Yeah, no we're going to utilize it and we're going to get right to it. Um, so first of all, how old are you? 16, 17 now? 17 now. And all of this started off when you were 16. So not too long ago. Yeah. So, well, thank you for that. And I do appreciate that. So hmm. I normally have many, many decades to talk to people about, but you're just a young man and you're a very impressive young man. Were you homeschooled? Yeah, so I was uh, homeschooled from the beginning up until grade seven. And then at that point, I decided to enter the, the public education system. Um, and then from there, I left and went into the Catholic system. So you were about 12, 13 when you entered the, the school system? I guess so. <laughs> whatever Around whatever grade seven is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all blur so, now. <laughs> for sure. Especially with all the excitement happening in the last year or so. So prior to that, when you were homeschooled, um, is your mom a teacher and did you have other uh, family members like siblings with you or is it just you? Well, yeah, no, I have several siblings. Um, both my parents are teachers, but uh, the, for the most of my upbringing, my mom st was a stay at home and she, she uh, taught most of us. Wonderful. So how many siblings do you have? You don't have to name or age them. Just I, have, I have three. I have three other siblings. And they're older? Uh, one younger, two older. Okay, so you're right in the middle. That's cool. And you live in Ontario? Yeah, that's correct. But Eastern Ontario, whereabouts? You don't have to. Yeah, yeah. Point yeah, I'm, near, I'm, I'm in Cobden, Ontario. I got kicked out of there. I was going to school in the Renfrew County. Um, that's St. Joseph's Catholic High, and now I don't. So. Okay. So you entered uh, public school grade seven, and then you went yeah. and moved over to the Catholic school grade eight, nine, ten, something like that? Yeah, well, no, I would have. Uh, so I was in the public system from grade seven till uh, the end of grade 10. Um, and that's where. The, yeah. So what happened is I was in the, the public board during the mandates and whatnot. Uh, me and uh, Monty Walker, I'm sure you've now seen with me a lot, um, mm. is uh, we were in the public board together um, and we organized student walkouts against the mandates and whatnot. And uh, that uh, ended up getting the cops called on us nonstop at school. We we're getting kicked out every week. And we, we ended up like we didn't stop. We didn't quit until the mandates were gone and the year was over. Uh, but at the end of it, I decided, OK, it's, it's time to actually get more serious about education now that we have all these distractions out of the way. And uh, yeah, so I switched to the Catholic board and it didn't go as planned. Okay, so there's actually two times that you were protesting or uh, advocacy. So there was in your first school where it was mandates of so masks and vaccines and stuff like that was the first push. Yeah. And then and then did you get arrested, did you say, during those parts too or, or kicked out of school for some of that? I was I was never arrested at that point. Um, okay. Not at the, not at, uh, 
like I had a couple of run-ins like during the convoy and stuff where I got detained, but um, well, actually not even the convoy. It was, there was a couple of protests in Ottawa where the, the police would crack down um, and I had been detained before, but nothing serious. I'd never, like I had no charges, nothing. Um, it was just because Canada at that time didn't like anybody who was peacefully demonstrating. Right. But uh, right. no, at the, at the, in the public board, um, the police actually stood up for us my uh, principal was calling the cops and trying to get this. Uh, I don't know what he wanted, but he didn't want us running these protests. And the, the police had to inform him what the Charter of Rights and Freedoms was. He actually had no idea. That's impressive that the police actually stood up for you on this one. Because we've heard many reports where the, pr- the police are overstepping their boundaries as well. And we could get into some of the Saskatchewan stuff we saw just the last couple of weeks. Uh, but I'm actually very happy to hear that the police were doing what they should be doing, which is educating people who are making complaints on what the law is and what their restrictions are, including the charter. So that's good news. But it sounds to me like even your principal was a kind of harassing you by including the police and and stepping into the situation. Now, when the police came in and and educated your principal on the law, did, did that actually help? Did you, were you able to protest at that time? Well, at at no point did the the school ever facilitate those protests. Um, They tried to claim they did, and they were very manipulative in the way that they'd argue and whatnot, but um, they never facilitated them. It was always at risk of suspension or worse. And, uh, it, like they would, they would threaten to suspend all the kids that joined me. I would go in, I'd, I'd negotiate for hours out of class talking with the principals mm-hmm. about these. They asked us to go out the back door when we protested and protest behind the school. So nobody would see it. Um, they wanted to keep our masks on while we did it, uh, stuff like that. But, uh, the, at the end of the day, it was only, it was only a couple of us that would end up getting suspended because we take the fall for the rest of the students. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, they ended up, they ended up being quite successful at our school, but then um, we decided to start pro- uh, organizing them across the, uh, the province and then it ended up spreading across the country. So that was a, that was a very successful wave that really put us on the media um, for a bit. And uh, that played into what happened in the Catholic war later on. Very cool. So have you met uh, Lee Vossen or the Students Against Mandates team in Manitoba? I haven't met them, but I have, uh, or not that I know of, I just spent quite a bit of time in Manitoba, but uh, I may have crossed paths with them, but I have done a few interviews with them and whatnot, and I know uh, Camille uh, Bacucci. Okay, cool. Yeah, cool, because I was just going to say, if you didn't know them, I'd hook you up, because they're, they definitely probably want to talk to you, but it sounds like you guys are connected on a Camille level, at least. That's pretty cool. And I love your shirt, so you had the Alex uh, Cabana interview yeah. not too long ago, and why don't you go ahead and tell me about that, because I was on just on Thursday as well. Oh, really? He's a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. So how was that for you to uh, sit down with a vet like that, who's out there getting the message? Um, yeah, go ahead and tell me what that interview was like for you. Yeah, no, he's a he's a guy that I have a, a lot of respect for and a lot of room for. Um, I I actually asked to go on his show, and uh, we we went down to his uh, his place. Um, we had about I think it was like a two hour interview or something. It went for quite a while, but uh, yeah, it was it was interesting to get to talk to him um, on camera there because me and him were like side by side the entire June 9th protest, which got quite a bit of media and is continuing to stir up the the cbc and whatnot but uh yeah it was uh it was certainly a good interview 
Yeah, he's a great guy too. Good service from him. And uh, he was there for the convoy, helping out around the memorial and stuff like that. So, And I'll have him on my show on July 10th and give an interview to him as well. So maybe you'll tune into that one as well. All right, so you're having trouble with the principal. They said, go protest in the backyard so nobody can see you. Make sure you wear a mask because we care about your safety. Um, <laughs> and now when you were getting into that, what was your catalyst for standing up? Was it your faith? Was it your understanding of science? Was it your understanding that the media is just a bunch of hogwash? What was your catalyst to say, no, I, I'm not cool with this and I'm going to stand up? Oh, I mean, it, it really didn't take much. Um, <laughs> you, look at, you look at our society, and especially my generation, just look at the degeneracy and filth in it. Um, and then I saw that it was all that degeneracy compiled with the, the fact that um, none of these kids were now allowed to see each other. Their lives were like ripped apart um, because of a totalitarian state's um, dictate. But uh, I saw the effect it was having on my peers and I had enough of it and I knew somebody had to do something. And I also knew that nobody else in my area would. would. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we, we did some, uh, it started with a couple of walkouts. It actually started with four people. Um, we did a protest, and then, like I said, by the end of it, we had students across the country joining us. So when the adults in the room, I'm assuming your teachers were pushing the, the agenda a bit, and certainly your principal was. Um, so your first encounter, when you did your first walkout, was it for masks? And they were saying you have to wear a mask, and that's when you walked out? Or what was the, the, ca- the yeah. straw that broke the camel's back there? Yeah, that was that was it was regarding all the mandates and all the the restrictions and rules there. But masks was obviously the most obvious one. Um, but yeah, the the staff members were brutal. It was it was pretty uh, remarkable to watch how far um, our grades dropped. Anybody who partook in the protests, our grades would just plummet after we did this. And it wasn't because we were spending less time in class. A protest is like one class a week. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, like you're really not out there long. You're not missing anything, especially in the public education system, but yeah, our grades would just plummet. And it was obviously blatant discrimination. As a young man who had it put into his head early that bullies are bad people and stand up to bullies and let's make sure that we don't let the bullies win. What was it doing to you to understand that these adults are now bullies and are bullying you and some other students? Did you recognize it that way or did you kind of realize later that you're being bullied by these adults? Oh, I immediately recognize it. It's (laughs) typical virtue signaling. I mean, the education (laughs) system is one of the most woke places you'll find. Um, And uh, so, yeah, it was no surprise to see them respond like that um and they they do it in the most uh, patronizing and just ridiculous Co- way condescending yeah for yeah. sure they're they can be quite rude <clears throat> and and i went through the generation where they were teaching us how not to be bullies and that was like the main message because uh, i'm like a few generations before you but back then it was to make sure we treat everybody with respect and honesty and and compassion even and we're certainly doing that to a certain group of people, but everybody else doesn't appear that they're getting that same privilege anymore. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah. So you said enough with this. This school is is hiding the the fact that we want to protest. They're making it difficult. My grades are going down. And you, you're a very uh, faith-based person. I just touched on that a little bit there. So um, you believe in God and you, and you do the church and you do that and same here. Um, but which one are you and uh, how strong is your faith? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I I was at a Catholic school. Like I switched to a Catholic school, hoping that my 
use with a line a little better there, but uh, I'm not, I'm personally not a Catholic. I'm a born again Christian. Um, and uh, I wouldn't really consider myself a part of any denomination. I think those are kind of a silly man-made obstacle to keep people from the faith. And uh, so, yeah, I just, I'm a Bible believing Christian. All right. So that's what I was about to go to. So you took your faith. You said enough of this public system. Let's go over to the Christian school where you believe that at least faith will have some application there and possibly some sanity. And you went there and you guess what you found out. So your first day there, is that where you found out about what was going on or did that kind of happen after you got there? And go ahead and tell everybody what happened. Yeah, no, my, my first five minutes into that school, I recognized there was a serious problem there. Um, <laughs> I was the new kid in the class. Um, obviously, I had been in some media. I was fairly well known in the community amongst young people. Like They didn't know a whole lot about me, but they knew of me. And there was a right. lot of rumors about why I had left the last school and whether I'd been expelled or whatnot. Um, it's just the way rumors fly. And mm-hmm. uh, so anyways, I... Uh, was in my uh my class there for my law class first five minutes into this new school new board new everything and uh, the teacher starts going on about how the convoy was an unlawful um uh, assembly and i said wait a second you're a law teacher you should know very well that this hasn't even gone through the courts you can't determine it unlawful and uh it was a peaceful protest for three weeks i was a witness there and uh, i said don't lie to your students like that and anyway, so that was uh, that was the start of my uh, my my little uh, adventure there, and uh, it only got worse and worse, and it got to the point where, um, like, m- my teacher would put, kind of enjoy it, but uh, it was always polite and respectful, but it would be nonstop debate between me and a couple of my teachers, um, even my math teacher, somewhat. Um, I'd be, my math class would just get derailed because he would make some sort of woke absurd comment and i would debate that um and uh it like uh, my law class was probably the worst it was just students went into that class knowing it would be an hour of me and the teacher debating and uh anyways it was within those debates that uh the uh the, the comments were made about the the transgender issue where i quoted mark 10 6 and said god created the male and female and that obviously was a very sensitive topic it became a heated argument uh because, uh, well, classmates were leaving their seats and shouting at me and stuff. Um, actually, my math teacher lost his composure and was freaking out about that one. And it was pretty childish all around. Um, I was just sitting there watching it unfold simply because I quoted the scripture and stated the most obvious fact out there um, that mm-hmm. we've known for the entirety of humanity. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that, was, uh, that was in October, I guess, when that debate really broke loose. Um, and, uh, I took it to the office and I said, okay, some female students have approached me. They're concerned about males in their washrooms. Um, this is a safety issue. It's a privacy issue. We need to do something about it. Anyways, I had multiple of those conversations. They didn't want to have anything to do with it. Um, and it got to the point where they said, we're no longer facilitating this discussion with you. Goodbye. Um, and, uh, so anyways, at that point I figured, well, <laughs> we need to put this on the media then. Um, at the Catholic board, we're completely rejecting um, Catholic principles, Christian principles, mm-hmm. um, and putting females, uh, students in danger. So, yeah, I decided to organize a protest, which, I mean, it it worked. It got quite a bit of media on it, but uh, not, not in the way that uh, I would have thought. All right. So the protest happened. Did you get a lot of support from the student body, or were there a lot of people who were against you? I suspect some support, but 
was a 50 50 did most people dislike it kind of what was your take on that well at the beginning it was looking like it was going to be a very big protest um i was i was uh i was vocalizing what other students wanted to say didn't know how to say and were afraid to say um Mm -hmm. and uh they resonated with that at least quite a few of them um and it wasn't just on that topic it was on quite a number of topics that just nobody else would touch um right but uh i've always been a a man of principle i think it's important that we don't compromise our values because of something as simple as a high school education sure it sucks and there's going to be risks but uh to me it's it's more important that we maintain dignity and um self-respect so uh we i would engage in those topics and especially um more important is that the the students get the truth out of what's going on and uh, so, yeah, quite a few students were going to join us, but um, by the end of the by the end of the uh, day on November twenty third, I had received a letter telling me that I was suspended with the possibility of expulsion, um, and I was out until further notice. Uh, so while I was kicked out there, they took the last two days before the protest to go around to classes and intimidate students and tell them it would ruin their reputations if they were seen with me. They wouldn't get bussed home, and there were some even there were other. Um, threats that were i still haven't validated um but i've heard from students that uh there was some some pretty ridiculous stuff that got told said to students um so what was looking to be quite a big protest ended up being about 15 students coming out to join me however there was over 100 counter protesters um bust in there's unions there um there's quite a there's about maybe 60 70 community members on my end came out to support me um, so it, it certainly uh, put St. Joe's on the map there. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, I, I continued um, just under suspension for uh, 20 school days um, until I was welcomed back. Uh, and uh, yeah, they, they had my welcome back meeting and told me that I was allowed to come back under the condition that I didn't attend math class or religion class. And I wasn't allowed to speak to certain students among other conditions. And uh I said I didn't agree to that, um, and I told them I would be attending my classes like usual, and yeah, I expected not to be discriminated against. In response to that, they gave me a, uh exclusion order, and they they said that they, uh, they felt my presence in the building would be detrimental to the physical and mental well-being of the pupils. Uh, so that, that was the quote from their, their letter there, and I was kicked out, and I've still been under that same exclusion notice for quite a while. Um, but it got to the point where I had now failed uh, four classes. The semester was over. We're going into a new semester, new classes, new everything. And I said to my lawyer, look, I've done nothing wrong. I don't understand why I'm going to sit out yet another semester and lose even more of my education. Um, mm-hmm. I think I should, and it's also setting a bad uh, example for other students. Um, they know I've done nothing wrong and I'm still sitting here at home. So I said, I'm going to return. Um, and uh, they had like my my exclusion notice had expi- like my my suspension had expired and so had my trespassing notice okay. um, and uh, so technically I should have been able to go back but uh, so I can't we contacted the school and they said okay Josh is returning um, he's gonna he expects to not be discriminated against um, he's going to continue to adhere to his religious beliefs and uh, yeah see you soon <laughs> Um, in response to that, they gave me yet another exclusion notice, um, which I eventually disregarded. I felt by complying with it, I'd be condoning it. So right. um, I attended my class, and it was at that point that the uh, 
I, I got pulled out of the classroom, put in the office where the principal stood in front of the exit and waited for some auto or some Ontario provincial police to arrive, which who then arrested me. Oh, so the OPP arrested you. Okay. That's right. Yep. That will be your jurisdiction. Now, what was the charge trespass or what was the charge that they put on you? Yeah. The police gave me a trespassing charge. Um, there were some complications with what the principal was saying there. He had, uh, he told me that I had then had all my classes stripped of me. And uh, yeah, he, he said a bunch of ridiculous stuff, which still makes no sense to me. But um, yeah, they, uh, they gave me a trespassing charge. Um, and I ended up being released not too long after that. Um, well, released until about a day later where I was back in police custody again. For the same thing for going back or something? Not, not, no. So this was, uh, this was this time the Ottawa police took me into custody because, uh, we were, uh, me, my brother and, uh, Monty Walker were, um, had a pre-planned, uh, counter protest or protest outside the Drake Queen story time at the national arts center in Ottawa, right. which was right. February 8th. I got arrested at school February 6th. Um, so when we, when I, uh, went down to Ottawa, we were outside the National Arts Center street preaching um, and uh, just bringing awareness to how wrong what was happening inside that building was. And we got swarmed by a crowd of, I don't know, maybe 200 counter protesters. And uh, yeah, the police ran in there and uh, eventually arrested um, me and my brother um, and gave me a bunch of charges or arrested me on a bunch of charges and then had to call and apologize and say it was a mistake and whatnot. So um, that, that's, that's something we see quite a bit from the auto police. They like to throw out bogus charges and then, mm -hmm. uh, when the cameras are gone, they drop them. Yeah, no doubt. Now, was any of the counter protesters arrested for any of their activities? Um, there saw? was, there was one counter protester that hit a police officer that got arrested, but no, nobody that attacked us. Oh, wow. So they're there protecting the counter protesters unless the counter protesters yeah. touch a police officer. Now, is this the same one where they, they lowered the blinds or is that a different one where they that, no, that? that was just last Wednesday. Um, they just, uh, we, they did actually the same drag queen story time with the same, uh, transvestites. And we went back yet again. Um, it was, uh, I, we communicated more with the police and it was, uh, it was just a lot better set up. Um, and I, I commend the auto police for their work on Wednesday, but, uh, yeah, we had footage of what was going on in there and it was inappropriate to be done in front of kids. Um, mm. it was perverted and, uh, while, while JC media was filming there, they decided to, uh, lower the blinds, which, uh, I, I think was even worse optics than the, the grown man in a dress gyrating in front of children. 100%, because now they're telling everybody we want some privacy because this is not good enough for you to capture. Now, if you're going to capture it, what are they afraid of if it's all innocent and just fun? Exactly. Uh, what are they worried about? If they're going to go behind closed blinds and closed doors, because I'm assuming you weren't allowed in there to go ahead and film and watch what's going on. You know, so I've been in one of the Drake Queen story times. They, they, I got kicked out and the police ended up dragging me out, but... <laughs> All right. So you're a student, you're youth, you're in there to check out the story time hour, but because you are not um, affirming and you're not um, applauding the performance, uh, they'll take you out. Were yeah. you protesting at that time or are you just not there? To, no, uh, I was, I was attending one. I wanted to see what was happening. Um, do we, uh, like I, I took my paraphernalia off. There was a protest outside, but I took it off. I left it all behind. I said, I'm going, I want to go see the Drake queen story time. It's for kids, is it not? 
Um, mm-hmm. And so I tried to attend. Um, they, they recognized me. Security came and got me while I was talking to security. Sorry if that's my end. Okay, so uh, on my end, his froze. It might be me. So if you guys can still hear me, I'm just... Oh, you're back. I think you're moving again. Can you hear me now there, uh, Josh? Yep. Yeah, I hear it. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. I think we lost a, a second or two there. So what I uh, what I last heard was you were talking to security, your, your youth in there, you wanted to check it out, and then they pulled you out. Did they give you a reason why they wanted you to leave that story time hour? They said I wasn't welcome there. <laughs> At the enclosed, so right? So maybe the performer or the host or some other people said he makes me uncomfortable, and that was enough to get you out of there. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's unfortunate because that's what I'm encouraging people to do: to go and be a witness. Oh, sorry. He'll come right back. There we go. Yeah. Sorry about that. I think we have a small connection issue, um, and that's unfortunate because that's what I'm encouraging people to do: is to go be a witness at these events. You don't go inside to protest, or they're just going to throw you right out. But you also don't go in there and affirm it. You just protest. You just witness it. So I applaud you for doing that on your own because I think we need a lot more people to do exactly that. It's people like you who are there. First, you're going to take up some space, which is good because they can only have so much space. Uh, but you also will be able to witness if anything's illegal or criminal. Now, for the time that you were in that one, how far along did you get before they kicked you out? Was it like immediately, or did you get to see any of the performance? I didn't see any of the performance. I saw the the inappropriate attire that the performers were wearing, um, but I was removed at the entrance of the event. Okay, well, thank you for trying to get in there, because it's important that people get in there and, and do that. So thank you for that. Now... At the Catholic school, uh, we just got into the whole, you went into the law school, immediately they're talking about the protest in Ottawa being illegal. I just want to say for the record, not a single occupation charge, illegal occupation charge on a single person in that entire event. Uh, And there was also no violence and there was no destruction. Uh, We had all of that come out in the POEC. So to that law teacher that said all of that stuff, brush up on your law my friend uh you're, you're very wrong on that um so there was a male to female trans person in that school or, or was there even a trans person in that school i think there was there was quite a few i don't even question what they were i mean i was accused of bullying yet i never even talked to them so right. <laughs> um i don't oh there was there was quite a multitude of confused kids what they identified as or what they thought they were i have no idea nor do i care um no but uh, i yeah there i know there was biological males using female washrooms and there were several of them doing so so that was enough for me to say something okay cool so you had some female students come up to you in private and and tell you look i'm uncomfortable with this this worries me and of course it would this is a safe space for females um and then you took that to the school you got a protest started then you got expelled well first you got that warning and then they actually gave you the exclusionary order and then you came back got another one and then got arrested for trespassing that kind of the order of events so far yeah pretty much Okay. And you haven't been back to the school at all since? Like, have you been doing remote learning or any type of learning since? I've, I've had no uh, no form of education since November. 
Well, you've got the street education. You're getting a good education outside of the school. I'll tell you that. I expect you. Yeah, especially with politics and uh, advocacy. So are you trying to get into another school for the next year? Because I guess school's done now for you or for everybody. Are you trying to enroll somewhere else? So, no, at this point, I'm still enrolled at the Catholic Board because they've never expelled me, right? They've put me under an indefinite exclusion order. Um, So, yeah, I have no, that'll probably run into next year. Um, But, uh, yeah, I have no idea what that's going to end up looking like. Um, but I'm still fighting in court to be able to attend the class. Wow. So you have legal fees on this then. So you're not getting assistance. Yeah, of course you wouldn't. So you'd have to hire your own lawyer to fight well, this. Are you, go ahead. Liberty Coalition Canada, um, has, uh, decided to take on my case, um, with Perfect. the school. So they're helping me, uh, with this whole, uh, appeal at the school and then also a human rights complaint. Wonderful. I'm really glad they're stepping up for that because, uh, of course, they should. That's what they're there for. Now, are you going for an injunction or do you have a motion to dismiss the exclusionary order? Or what's the mechanism that you guys are trying to do in court? Yeah, so the, the, the way it works is any kid gets a suspension, um, you're able to appeal that suspension. Um, and then there will be a hearing and whatnot. Um, and you try to determine whether it was worthy of suspension, whether that should stay on the student record, um, and whether, in my case, they should be allowed to attend class again. Um, now, the interesting thing is I'm not even under a disciplinary suspension. I'm under a non-disciplinary exclusion, which means I've done nothing wrong, but uh, they just don't want me to attend class because they, they don't uh, feel, they, they feel like something could happen if I were to theoretically attend class. Um, so, it's a pretty weak argument they have, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm trying to appeal these suspensions on my own because uh, I don't feel that my parents should be involved in this at all. I'm a young man. I made decisions for myself. They recognize that. I recognize that. My lawyer recognizes that. Um, and so that's why I've withdrawn from parental control and I'm trying to um, appeal these suspensions. They're, they're refusing to recognize that I've withdrawn from parental control, so they won't even allow give me my right to appeal my suspensions. Um, so right now we're fighting in the Ontario uh, Court of Appeal to uh, give me the right to appeal my suspensions. And then once we do that, we'll be able to, well, it'll be another complicated process of determining, going through all these uh, suspension hearings and mm-hmm. whatnot. And then uh, the, the, the bigger picture is the human rights complaint, which has already been filed. Right. And you do understand that the the penalty is the process. Like they're taking you through this as a penalty. You're being penalized right now, even though you haven't been found to have done anything yeah. wrong. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm sorry about that. Now, I'm curious on this exclusionary order based on future potential issues. Um, so what would the wording around there? Was there complaints specifically by anybody saying, I feel like that I'm threatened by this person's presence? Or was it just a general statement saying the entire school feels like this is what we uh, want to say about you and we're not comfortable with you here? No, no, it was a decision made by the the principal um, and probably so it's not the even board. Based on, yeah, so it's not even based I'm on sure a complaint they by an individual. I'm sure they've received uh, complaints. Like I know they took kids out of class and were interrogating them. Um, and there's some kids that I know for a fact did not uh, appreciate my presence too much. Um, but uh, yeah, they interrogated kids. Um, and uh, I know there was a, a group of girls in the school that um, went to the, uh, the office to have me suspended. Like before I was even 
kicked out. So I don't know. Like, I know there was definitely kids that didn't like what I have to say. The truth hurts people. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, they, so they have got complaints, but that's not why I'm kicked out. I'm kicked out because of that, that quote I gave you earlier, which is they felt my presence in the building would be detrimental right. to the physical and mental well-being of the pupils. So that's staff and students they're talking about, and they think I could be a physical threat or mental threat, whatever the heck that means. Wow. So do you even want to go back to this school? Like, I, you should do your appeal. You should get all that stuff overturned so that actually clears that up. But do you actually want to go back to the school if, you know, the Court of Appeals opens that door for you? Um, I mean, I, I would consider it i'm like i'm obviously fighting to get back to class right now i don't know if i'd stay there for the entire uh grade like i obviously a lot has changed since my original appeal but um i'm going to uh i'm certainly going to fight for the right to be able to attend class and uh we'll we'll see where that takes me yeah yeah don't give it up even if you don't plan to return continue that so that you can set that precedence so that the next person they can point to that if uh, someone tries to harass them in the same way so keep up that fight um but i'm concerned that uh they're impacting your education on purpose here so i hope that you can find a way to uh, get around that as well now you've been involved in a couple other protests since that you mentioned uh I guess two of them, you were at both of those story time hour ones, one inside, one outside. And you're also doing a walk for James Top, uh, Canada Day. You rewalked his path. Um, let's go ahead and talk about the James Top thing. Uh, first, when did you first hear about him? A convoy, probably the same as us. But what inspired you to go ahead and make that walk and that march to the memorial uh, like he did? Well, yeah, I, I heard about him basically when his march started. Um, and, uh, I mean, obviously that takes a lot of grit and a lot of integrity and I have a lot of personal respect for him. Um, as I was saying earlier, you look at my de- generation, it's just a bunch of degeneracy and uh, there, there's no there's no integrity um, or uh, traditional masculinity. And that's a guy that, <laughs> I mean, that, that, that is like you, you march a few uh, miles with him and it's, it's uh, there, there's just determination there, grit, as I say. Um, and uh um, I, I respect him a lot and, uh, I think he inspired a lot of Canadians. Um, and he, he certainly inspired me. I had the opportunity to march with him for several days there. Um, and then when, uh, June 30th came around, I thought, well, um, this man, he's been more court-martialed and, uh, the, the country's kind of forgotten about what he did. Um, so I decided to raise a bit of awareness to it. And, uh, his, his, on June 30th last year, his final march was from Bell's Corners to the War Memorial. So uh, me and a couple other gods, uh, me, Monty, Adam, um, went to the Bell's Corners and started marching towards the uh, memorial. Um, it was uh, it was about 30 kilometers by the end of it. And uh, we actually, we had a, a young guy named Richard join us. Um, he was, uh, I believe he was 13. Um, and he uh, just <laughs> saw us uh, doing a live stream with Veterans for Freedom and ran out onto the road um, and uh, ended up marching with us all the way to the warm wire. That's awesome. Are you going to do that every year? Are you going to make that an annual thing? Maybe we'll get a bigger and bigger crowd each time. Yeah, we were, we were talking about that. Um, I guess we'll have to see where we're at uh, next year, but um, I certainly think it's something that uh, we uh, need to keep uh, going. It's, it's, we can't forget what uh, happened there. 
Absolutely. Now you mentioned a 13 year old saw the live stream right outside and joined you. Are you seeing a lot of students and young people come up to you and say, Hey, thanks for speaking on my behalf. I, I can't say this, but I'm glad you are. Are you getting support in that way from complete strangers? Yeah, there is quite a bit of support. There's obviously a lot of negativity. I have crowds of adults follow me around wherever I go and yell at me or hit me or choke me and whatever. I mean, in Calgary, they even tried to set me on fire. But um, yeah, we'll get to Calgary yeah. in a moment. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, no, there, there's a lot of young people that resonate with my message, right? And they uh, they are they they respect what I've done, um, and uh, I, I appreciate all the support I'm getting from them. And when I go across the country, to different schools, yeah, they come out, and sometimes in the hundreds, um, and it's 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 encouraging to see. That's wonderful. And by the way, this old guy, I'm a supporter of you. I think what you're doing is wonderful. And I'm really sad to hear about the Calgary stuff. So let's go ahead and get into that. So I'm in Alberta, and I'm very shocked that our government is not protecting people a lot stronger than you than they are. I would expect a lot more from a conservative-led government. But you went down to Calgary to protest. I think there was a story time hour there as well. No, um, so Liberty Coalition Canada, the, the guys uh, providing me legal coverage at this point, um, yep. organized an event, an international event, which took place in Austria, Germany, um, uh, New Zealand, Australia, U US, Canada, and it was called the I Stand with Josh Alexander event. Um, and it was to raise awareness oh, wow. to what happened at my school. So um, anyways, I was in Calgary at the time and I thought, well, I'll go to a high school. Um, and join this walkout because it's it's in my name so i uh mm -hmm. i went to the western canada high school in calgary and uh there was already students in the field waiting to see me um, i was on the sidewalk coming up but there was also i don't know maybe 40 to 60 counter protesters there and uh they uh they pulled out um well i i walked down the sidewalk and they immediately started pushing me um, I was able to get through and talk to some students, shook their hands. They, in all the chaos, they asked for some Bibles because I, I always make a point to bring Bibles and give them to students. And uh, they were, uh, so I was trying to communicate with them. They were trying to get around the gate and come get some Bibles. While that's happening, um, some BLM and Antifa, they were hitting me. They, we got punched. They hit Nathaniel. They hit Declan, some of the other guys in um, Calgary there. And, uh, they uh, ended up grabbing the, the cross on my neck and they tried to choke me with it. Um, Taylor McNally thought it'd be a good idea to reach her hands down the back of my pants. Um, anyways, it was, uh, it was certainly an interesting experience. Um, they were trying to throw us into traffic. They were burning Bibles. Um, and uh, one of them tried to set my, uh, set my polyester shirt on fire with the Bible. And I just looked at the guy. I was like, that's not going to work. <laughs> And uh, it, sure enough, it went out. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was very animalistic behavior um, coming from those individuals. Um, but uh, yeah, after about four minutes, the, the police came in. They watched all this happen and they thought it'd be a good idea to arrest me. Um, and then they, they put me in uh, the back of a paddy wagon and they're asking me about what scripture I was using and uh, all sorts of ridiculous questions. Um, and I guess it was all because they wanted to see if I had violated a conflict bylaw regarding the alphabet community. And, uh, yeah, they, they ended up, uh, not being able to charge me with anything. They released me and told me if I returned, I would be arrested, um, for breaching the peace. 
I talked to my lawyer, my lawyer talked to the police and they said, all right, so we'd, we'd encourage Josh to just leave now and we'll, we won't have to talk again. And uh, my lawyer said, okay, talk soon. <laughs> and so I went, I went, uh, I went back um, with Bibles and uh, I was just, I was at the, the, the light at the crosswalk there waiting to get across and go back to the students who were outside the school. And while I was there, everybody just ran across the street and surrounded me again. Um, so it was kind of like 2.0, but, uh, at that time I had a lot more uh, successful dialogue with students and, and, uh, a lot of debates, a lot of students that had come out to support the Antifa. Um, and then obviously quite a few supporters of mine, but, um, it went both ways and there was a lot more, um, humane, the, and, uh, less hostile, the discussions that took place on that end of the road. Do you think that was because maybe Taylor wasn't there anymore or was she still there? Yeah, no, after I got released, Taylor realized there was an issue and she fled immediately. Um, turns out she actually fled the province. Um, and uh, the after this went, like, it, it got 4 million views by the end of the day, right, just on my Twitter. So um, there's also an election going on right now. So I think the, the police realized something serious needed to happen there. Um, and it looked really bad on them. Uh, I had mm -hmm. my hands in the air the entire time while being mobbed by adults, and then they arrested me. So they actually were the first time ever the police have worked uh, properly with me and decided that they were going to press charges on several individuals. Um, I requested that they uh, don't use hate crime charges, but they, they ended up pressing those. Um, and uh, yeah, there was a uh, Taylor McNally was charged with uh, two counts of assault, unlawful confinement, and sexual assault, and they were all hate motivated apparently. So that's uh that's how that went down yeah so here we got is an article about anti-racism protester nice title uh taylor mcnally arrested in courtroom moments after assault conviction so for something else she was uh, convicted on assault and then she was picked up on uh, june 15th it looks like and i guess these are the charges you're talking about here so uh, assault sexual assault and unlawful confinement as hate motivated so these are you are they referring to you here yeah, yeah, they're well. They're referring to me, and one of the one of the assault charges was on uh, my uh, friend uh, Nathaniel Pulowski. And then, oh, like uh, Arthur's son. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay, I'll be talking to his dad soon. Um, the sexual assault—that's the hand on the pants. Yes. Wow. Yeah, it wasn't wow. like like I've said multiple times. A lot of people have questioned about that sexual assault charge because it. I mean. It didn't look like there was a sexual assault in that mob. It was just a bunch of animalistic morons hitting a kid, right? But um, right. Taylor McNally, like I said, she reached down the back of my pants and no, did I leave there traumatized? No, but uh, at the same time, I uh, I hold adults to a higher standard there and mm -hmm. uh, for a grown woman to go there, punch kid, try to throw him into traffic and then even go into his pants, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to press charges there. And uh, imagine, imagine if it was the other way around, right? If I was a 17-year-old girl and she was a <laughs> grown man. Um, so, yeah, it was totally inappropriate. And uh, I don't tolerate garbage like that. So I had her charged with sexual assault. And just to be clear to anybody listening, you don't have to be traumatized. You, you don't have to be traumatized uh, for there to be an assault there. The fact that you weren't traumatized is great news. But um, to anybody listening, yeah, the fact that you weren't traumatized doesn't change the charge at all. So I'm glad to see that they're going to do something here. Uh, do you have any more involvement with this particular case? Are you going to be a witness? Do you have to come out to Calgary for it? Do you know what your involvement will be? 
Yeah, it's looking like I'm going to have to fly out to Calgary again to testify. Um, and and they've also they've now arrested um, another one of the other the co-BLM leader. I forget what uh, the name is there, um, but uh, the others yeah, there was two of them that they've just uh, charged with hate crimes. The hate crimes were dropped on the one of them, and then mm-hmm. um, after they rearrested her for the charges related to me. Um, they reapplied the hate crime charges, but that really hasn't been reported on. Um, but yeah, th- so there there will also be several more arrests to take place, is what I've been told by the Calgary police. They're still identifying people and continuing to make arrests. And this happened May 17th. So I'm impressed with their follow through. Yeah, that is good news. I am happy to hear that they're doing something. So this is the Calgary police, then I'll be doing that. This is not the RCMP. Yeah, no, it's it's the Calgary police. Okay, that might be why they're they're pushing forward with this because if it was the RCMP, I don't know if they'd be helping as much. Um, okay, so now that this Calgary thing, now you mentioned that they tried to set you on fire. So what happened there? Well, it was just like I said, they were they were burning the Bibles and they uh, uh, they were trying to light like they they grabbed the my polyester shirt and were trying to, I guess, melt it. I don't know what their goal was, but. Um, yeah, they were holding the flames over it and had a lighter out too. And I, like, I didn't really respond to that one. I knew it wasn't going to work. You don't have to, you don't have to spend too much time in a, in a classroom there to figure that one out. But, um, yeah, the, the, uh, they're just really low. All their, all their conduct was just pathetic. And, uh, I, I don't pay it too much attention. I just, my goal was to talk to students and give them the gospel. And that's what we ended up doing. So I was happy at the end of the day. All right, so there are some students that were happy to receive the gospel and, and chat with you. And were yeah. any of them, you know, starting from the position of, I don't know why you're here, then you chatted with them, and then they get it, and then they kind of went on their way? Did you have some yeah, success yeah, there that were, way? There were several. That, uh, then, I mean, kids, I mean, sure, they're, they're indoctrinated a lot, but they're also fairly reasonable and a little more open to it when they watch a young guy the same age as them come from across the country to their school Um get attacked by about 40 people, not respond, then get arrested. And while he's being uh, walked to the, uh, the paddy wagon in cuffs, I'm still giving the kids the gospel and still offering them Bibles and still interacting with them all the way into the paddy wagon. And while I'm sitting there being interrogated, students that are standing outside or walking by, I'm still talking to them. Right. Um, and, uh, the Calgary police told me, told me to stop acting like a child. I see it the other way around. Um, they weren't doing their jobs. Their, their conduct was really pathetic at the beginning there. And uh, I went there with one goal, was to talk to students and give them the Bible and uh, the gospel. And that's what I was doing. So I didn't really care about where my surroundings were, whether it was a sidewalk, a school, or a paddy wagon. I was happy to do it. That sounds to me kind of similar to the, the uh, bouncy castles, like a ridiculous thing for authorities to be upset about. And he's telling, or they're telling you to stop acting like a child when you are, you technically still are, and you're not even doing anything childish. You're handing out the Bible and talking to people. I guess what they wanted you to do is to kowtow to them, to look like a person who's going to be afraid of the authority so that you can show the rest of the crowd, this is what happens to you if you stand up. And thank you for not giving them that. Thank you for continuing to do, uh, reaching out to people that were willing to talk to you. Now, are you familiar with what happened in um, Swift Current, Saskatchewan, just a week or so ago with some high school students and a poster? Um, 
It's ringing a bell, but I get so many stories, I don't know. No problem. You're probably like me. You got a whole bunch that people send you. Um, this was a straight and proud poster they put up. It had a grayscale of a flag. So it wasn't a colored flag. It was a grayscale cla- uh, flag. And they like encouraged the people. Straight who were... flag? The which one? Was it the super straight flag? Is it where it's like grayscale and goes straight across? Yeah, I believe so. Okay, possibly. Uh, I didn't realize there was one, but that could be it because there was a straight and proud sign and a bunch of students signed it. All of those students got pulled into the principal's office, much like you when you were talking about protesting. Uh, And then the RCMP showed up with their guns to explain to these children how putting that sign up and signing their names to it was a hate crime. Look, you know this, I know this. If we are living in a world where your sexual identity is supposed to be embraced and you're supposed to have it and you're supposed to be fine with it why is straight and proud not an acceptable identity anymore yeah it's an excellent question um and i get a lot of students that i mean i know students that pulled stuff like that but i'm actually i'm interested about that one i might actually have to head down to saskatchewan but um yeah that's uh i mean i'm happy to see i mean i know obviously the response is really ridiculous from the rcmp but i'm happy to see students taking that initiative and uh just not caring about the, the, the stupidity that comes their way. Um, at the end of the day, it's, it's a good story. They got pulled into the office and interrogated about a hate crime because they signed a poster that was just based on basic reality um, and biology. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's uh, I commend those students for sure. I'd have to look into the story more of it from what the sounds of it. it sounds pretty, pretty good. Well, I'm pretty sure by the time you get to your Twitter, a bunch of people will send you those links because uh, it was all over the place. But I feel the exact same way. I have some inspiration and I take some optimism from the fact that there are some students like you and this group who are definitely standing up. But I'm very sad that the identity of being straight and proud is, uh, is what's being attacked here. Now, let's zoom out a little bit here, Josh, if you don't mind, because you're in the weeds and you're doing the fight. But let's zoom out a little bit. Um, what do you think the agenda's purpose is? Is it to confuse a bunch of children to go to this non-reproductive lifestyle? Or is there something else going on um, to maybe destroy the country itself? Like, why do you think there's such a push by adults and a lot of people who them themselves are likely straight and proud, but they're pushing this other agenda? Um, what do you think my, might be the reason or the motives behind the agenda itself, the narrative itself? Well, there's multiple elements to it. I do believe it's a strong attack on Christianity. Um, any government understands that uh, religion, family, any of these things where there's something to hold on to, where there's something to believe in, it gives the people strength, and that's not what they want. They want the power with the government rather than the people. Um, and, uh, I mean, when you look at Christianity, for instance, um, Jesus Christ died on a cross. He had his body ripped open. He did this all for us out of love and we believe that happened we know that happened um mm-hmm. and we watch the martyrs in the new testament go down and this is something that inspires us and we know to be true um and that that's a powerful sentiment to get behind um and that that terrifies the government um so uh, yeah i do believe it is attack on christianity because they want to weaken the people i believe it's a it's a attempt to divide the people um and uh have students or children turned on their parents and uh, society torn apart as it is right now. Um, So I I believe that's one of the motives. And then I think the other one, um, the more simple one is they're breaking people's will. They're weakening people. Everybody knows that there's only 
male and female. Everybody knows that. Um, but if you can scare people into admitting that there's more than that or saying that there's more than that um, and bending the knee to that woke, crazy ideology that they know they can't get behind, um, and now they all will be little social justice workers doing that because they were society told them to, they've now broken that person's dignity and they've broken their will. And you now have right. a weak population. And I think that's the, the narrative behind this. Wow. So that's a really good observation. So first he said Christianity, but it might be a religion in general that they're going after because they're trying to get people to change their faith from a God to the government. So maybe they're trying to force people out of faith into government. We've seen the Muslim community stand up on this particular issue as well. So it's not just Christian, but I think you're right. They're going after faith. And I absolutely agree with your second one, the breaking of the will uh, to get them more compliant because who knows what's coming next and what's coming down the pipeline. If you have an entire generation who just says, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, and then move on, then yeah, it's kind of scary what's going to happen. So thank you for... Um, recognizing those those problems now when it comes to the adults around you not your parents but the other ones do you have some good support with your lawyers this organization and and it looks like save canada as well so you're working with some organizations and adults to continue with your message and to give you some strength here can you go ahead and tell us about uh, some of the organizations you're working with and uh, what you're doing with them well, yeah, I mean, uh, Safe Canada is purely a youth-run organization. Um, <laughs> I have so many trolls just commenting about my my adult handlers and who's giving me the money and everything, and it's it's me and Monty and my right. brother. We're, we're just That's a couple young guys. Yeah, I want to clear that up because um, a lot of people are assuming you have handlers. Yeah. Um, so no, there are no handlers. I'm obviously a young guy. I respect a lot of certain people and I, um, and I listen to what they have to say and I get advice from people, but, uh, um, I, uh, I don't, um, just run out and make r random decisions on my own. I recognize that I'm 17 and, uh, I should probably, um, listen to the counsel of the, uh, the, the adults that I know and respect in my life. But, uh, mm -hmm. no, I don't have any handlers at the end of the day. Everything's my decision. Um, and I can only uh, look for counsel as every young person should. Um, and uh, yeah, so um, the other, like I said, Liberty Coalition Canada, I do work with them. Um, they're providing me my legal help and that's a very open and public relationship right there. Mm -hmm. um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've collaborated with quite a few different organizations over the past for different events and stuff. But uh, yeah, at the end of the day, we're, we're our own um, organization. We, we make our own decisions and, uh, um, yeah, there's there's no there's no outside influences. There's no Illuminati or Freemasons and all this stuff that I get all the time. Um, and it's uh, it's uh, just a a grassroots organization of a couple of young guys that uh, are fed up with what they're seeing in the world around them right now. Yeah, and that's the kind that the government fears the most because a genuine grassroots effort has no leader or head to cut off. It's a whole bunch of people coming together. And we also saw that during the protest that they were expecting people like Tom Marazzo to control and lead the entire group of protesters. Um, so yeah, the government has this weird, weird mentality that they believe that all these organizations have a grand leader and a grand mission, but a true grassroots initiative is really the people who are doing it um you're gonna have some more hats available because there's a whole bunch of us who are trying to get our hands on hats and, and stuff like that because we want to support that you want to kind of update people on on when you can expect to uh have some more of that merch available yeah i'm hoping don't hold me accountable for this but i'm hoping by the end of the week um 
we will have a, a big uh, push on hat there. Um, there it's been really difficult. We've had several hiccups here trying to get a new provider and, uh, sure. there was an issue with the, with our old store. We were getting notified that people were getting charged not on, uh, on delivery because of the tax crossing the border. Um, our hats were being, uh, shipped from the U S so, uh, now we're, we're going to try to change that up and, uh, so it, it it we should have a big uh, big initiative coming on uh, the at the end of the week, and hopefully we'll be able to get those hats out there across the country and paint it red. Wonderful, and certainly we'll we'll get some out here, and you'll see Alberta painted red as well. And in, in fact, Chris uh, Daisy is going to send me one of his just so I have it on the set, so we can let people see it uh, every single day. Because yeah, I totally support what you're doing there, uh, and I think you should keep doing it. Now, I titled this one uh, "The Student Godsend" because I do feel, and a lot of people feel this way, that there is some divine intervention going on. Sometimes people show up right at the right time. Sometimes people are able to push a message right at the right time or stand there as a, not so much as a disciple, but as somebody to look up to. Do you feel in any way that uh, you're, you're on a mission and, and you have some divine intervention or you're just fed up and you just want to keep fighting it and your faith is just part of who you are? Well, yeah, my, my faith has definitely formed who I am as an individual, and uh, I I do feel that this is uh, where the Lord wants me right now. Um, we we wouldn't be having the success we uh, have right now if it wasn't for um, for God, and uh, we have people praying for us all across the country, and that's really important. Um, and uh, yeah, that definitely makes a difference. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I I do believe that. Uh, it, what we're, we're doing with the, the Lord wills um, and uh, we're, we're spreading the gospel and that's what we're told in the Great Commission, right? Go into the world and give the gospel and we've, we've targeted yeah. young people in a lot of hostile situations but uh, it, I think it's still important. It's something that not a whole lot of people are doing in Canada right now so we're, we're going to keep on. Are you planning to continue your work? Um, maybe a pastor, get into that kind of stuff? Are you considering that, that line of work? I've, I've considered almost every route at this point. I don't really know what I'm going to end up doing, but uh, yeah, we, uh, we're certainly going to keep this going as long as possible. Um, I think it's important to do, um, and I think we're all on the same page here as an organization, um, and we, we have no, no plans of stopping, um, and Great. we're hopefully going to end up expanding and be able to get into the States since uh, me and my brother are also American citizens, and I used to live oh, wow. there, actually. So we're gonna be we're gonna try to also reach some young people in America as well. That's wonderful. So, do you plan on continuing your studies as well? So, when you're finished high school, do you want to do something else as well? Do you want to go get a bachelor's? Do you want to get any post secondary school? But I know, I know, I'm not committing you. I'm not like your parents saying, "Hey, what do you want to do?" I'm just curious if you want to get into law or something else. Like, is there anything that's piquing your interest because of all of this? Yeah, I'd, I'd considered all of that. And at the same time, I think education nowadays is a bit of a joke. Um, it's it's designed to create slaves rather than free thinkers. And uh, it, it uh, I mean, education is supposed to be the pave your way into being able to provide for your family, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, that's not what we're getting out of these educations at this point. Um, the economy is so bad. Um, and employment is just bad in general. And uh, there, there's, it's really difficult to be able to have a family or start a family young, especially. That's, some, that's a value that has been lost because of our economy um, yeah. and the values of our society. 
Um, and uh, that's not something that I want to partake in. I want to be able to get married young, start a family. And uh, I don't think, uh, I don't, I don't feel an education um, from the, from post-secondary is going to be the way to do that. Um, mm-hmm. I, it's such a woke system. I doubt I'd even be able to make it through it if I tried, but uh, I, I, I haven't given up hope yet. I might, uh, I might take that route. We'll see. Yeah, well, I'm just mentioning it because you're not wrong, okay? Even the Law Society in Ontario now requires you to take CRT courses. And uh, the first page that it, because uh, I'm, I'm a paralegal, I got my law degree in Ontario. And uh, the first thing I, that I had to do was check off my race, check off my gender. And then it was telling me how I'm privileged and I have to acknowledge my privilege. Um, so that's happening in the Law Society of Ontario it's everywhere and i don't blame you one thing i might just suggest if you ever have time is maybe consider a paralegal course it's a lot shorter but what it does do is gives you enough of the understanding of the law where even if you're working with lawyers you might be able to lower your legal bills and and be a lot more comfortable with it Uh, because that's why i took it later in life Uh, uh, being successful you're going to find this out if you haven't already Uh, people will come after you just for your success Uh, you didn't do anything wrong but the fact that you're doing something people come after you and you more than me because there you are you're out there advocating for for the youth out there all right so you're not sure what you're going to do yet but you're definitely going to stick around and do a lot of advocacy with these organizations and potentially others in the united states is that what you feel like is going to be your path for the next say five years or so keep working on advocacy yeah i mean i don't i don't see that changing anytime um we're gonna have to continue praying about it and all that but uh and it, it all depends on how much support we can get. I mean, nothing we do is cheap. And mm-hmm. uh, we've all had to leave our, our jobs and our employment uh, in order to do this. And I mean, that's it's not easy, um, especially with like traveling the country and all that. So it, it honestly depends on how everything works out for us. But we'll, we, we, as long as uh, people are able to provide, we'll continue to uh, contest all these gender ideology issues and um, probably even expand on those issues. Thank you for doing that. So your first one was mandates. Now you've moved to gender ideology. And is there another one that you're targeting or are you just going to take these problems as they come? Well, yeah, I think it's, it's kind of something we have to play by ear. But uh, I mean, I'm, I'm going to look at the, the issues that are uh, affecting young people, right? I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of issues in the world, but um, I feel I've I've specifically and passionate about working with young people and I've seen the effect it has on them and uh, I don't think anybody can quite understand our generation um, as well as somebody who's in it right so uh, mm-hmm. I, that's definitely the 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 area I want to focus focus on and uh, that's what we've been doing so far and probably will continue now I assume I know your answer to this next question but what is and by the way if you don't feel comfortable answering this just say no comment but what is your position on abortion and maids yeah, I think, uh, I believe abortion is wrong. Um, I think it's murder. Um, and I believe, uh, made is definitely murder. I mean, you, you look at all of them, you're taking an innocent human life. Right. And, uh, it's, uh, I'm shocked that our, our nation has led the way in, uh, decriminalizing that and now even making it a government funded, uh, initiative. Yeah, you're on the pulse of that one. So that's another issue I think a lot of young people should be paying attention to, which is we have late-term abortion for any reason, any time. And we also have genetic-based abortion and we have gender-based abortion. So if you don't want a girl, you don't have to have one. Uh, That's what Canada allows. 
and we do a lot of those, a uh, hundred a year, and that's well, two a week. That's way too many. So anything that you can maybe, uh, you know, bring up with the youth as well, I think that's another good one. And then maids, as you probably understand, uh, in March they were trying to pass it with uh, mature minors, which is a new term, which means the government determined that you're smart enough and intelligent enough to decide to end your life. So they give you that pass without parental consent. So those are a couple of issues where I think the government's directly targeting even the youth still on uh those and these are the end of life issues so um yeah i'd certainly also get behind you on any any uh um protesting and advocacy around those items as well yeah i'd i'd certainly be interested to see what is considered a mature minor because that's kind of what i'm fighting in the interior court of appeal right now i'm i've declared myself a mature minor we've sworn affidavits and all that and i'm trying to be able to appeal these issues on my own if me i like I'm, i'm a guy that's on talk shows nonstop. I travel the country nonstop. I don't live at home. I have, I provide for myself. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, they won't, they won't accept me as a mature minor, but, uh, like we, 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 we run a national organization that is making international news. Um, and, uh, they won't, they won't uh, recognize me as a mature minor. So I'd be interested to see, um, what it takes to, uh, be given the, the, the right to, uh, kill yourself. Oh, well, tell them you're depressed or you feel like you're in the wrong body and they will advance that very quickly for you and you'll become a mature minor. Um, it's kind of weird how the system is like that. If you go and tell them something crazy, like I am a different sex, uh, they'll say, okay, well, we think you're mature enough to go ahead and end yourself or have the operation. Um, we're in a very weird world. Now, you're a little too young to maybe know this, but um, 40 years or so ago, uh, we kind of changed our system where it used to be parental-led children's uh, involvement to the child is taking over and telling parents what it is. So, for example, this whole transgender thing, it's really taking the child's word on what they say they are and then going ahead and doing things with that. Where, as you understand, the proper uh, dynamic between parent and child is the child is a student and they're learning from the parent. They don't, they're not the source of reality. It's the other way around. Now, we saw this switch happening in the 80s when uh, the schools were encouraging students to tell on their parents when they're getting disciplined at home and if they're getting a spanking and that kind of stuff. So in my generation, what we were indoctrinated with was uh, to be rats and turn on your parents and go towards the state and not to the parent when it came to anything that you wanted. Now they've taken it another step in your generation where you can get medical procedures and you can make medical decisions and life-ending decisions on that. Do you think we have a chance of stopping this trend? Do you think that Save Canada might one day say, all right, we did it. We saved Canada, so we can all go home and do something else now. Or do you think this is just a the age-old battle of evil versus good, and we're just the current iteration of that, and we just have to you know, hold our ground and try and come out of this war um, and pass it on to the next generation? So in other words, I'm asking you is, is Save Canada a lifelong thing, or is Save Canada hopefully going to end one day because you do Save Canada? Well, I mean, I, I don't believe it'll be me that saves Canada. It's going to take a whole lot more than that. And there's a a uh, a, a quote I, I first heard, I, well, I just recently heard, and it was um, in order to get this nation back up on its feet, first we have to get on our knees, right? And it's going right. to be it's going to be God that saves Canada. Um, we can only do our best and uh, allow Him to use us um, in this initiative. But uh, 
yeah, I, I think there's always going to be an ongoing battle between good and evil, and uh, we can only do our best to fight it and stand up for what's right and be a light in the dark world. That's a great way to put it. And you're right. Sometimes we have to get on our knees to appreciate where we are. So we stand up and fight back. Um, and a lot of people are saying that we might be there or we're getting close to there. Um, we were feeling that as soon as they went after the children and parents started to stand up, we might actually get some wins here. And I think that might be happening. Now, are you getting are you getting any indicators that there's parents that are going to start going into the school boards, running for elections, start changing the school boards? Uh, and then what about you? When you get a little bit older, are you thinking about getting into boards or even political life? Because that's a way for you to bring some more attention and actually get into the policymaking of side of things. Is that, has that also crossed your mind for maybe the future? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've uh, considered it. I, I thought about running. I'm actually, I'm probably depending on when the next federal election happens, I'd probably actually be old enough to run as a candidate in the federal okay. election. And then, um, so yeah, I, I'm, I mean, it, it's not something that's far away from me, but I also don't know if that's the route I want to take. I think I hate politics. I think it's a pretty dirty game. Uh, well, I know it's a pretty dirty game and mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. I think I do agree. It is important that we get um, actual uh, God fearing people inside these, uh, yeah. these uh, boards and all the like the municipal level so important and we we often forget that but uh yeah i'm i am seeing a lot more parents get interested in it and i think on june 9th we we discovered uh or we we awoke a sleeping giant which is the muslim community which have now yeah. been showing up all across the country and all i mean all across the world actually since that that date they've uh I've seen protests coming out from everywhere and this wasn't happening before. Um, mm -hmm. They heard about it literally last, the, the, uh, they heard about it on June 8th and showed up on June 9th. Um, and uh, yeah, that was, it was certainly encouraging to see a lot of uh, families there. Um, and uh, I mean, there's, there's been a, there's been a, uh, I, I would say it's, it's a false narrative that there is a, a unity um, throughout the religions right now in the country. I think I don't believe that to be true. Um, Yes, we're working together against one common goal, and I think that's incredibly important and powerful. But we also have to remember that uh, we don't serve the same God. Um, mm -hmm. I believe there is only one God. I know there's only one God, and uh, anything else is a is a is a idol. Um, and uh, I think we have to just remember that and be careful about that. That we don't uh, we don't blur the line between. Uh, between our religions and that we that we still respect the the god we serve um and uh I, so yeah I, it is it's certainly important and it's empower it's powerful to see this movement unfolding and there's other communities getting involved we even saw jews muslims and christians coming together at these protests um and that's uh that's not something you see on on your uh, every day um so yeah that's it's uh we're certainly seeing a turning point here and parents and families are getting much more involved all across the country yeah, I think you nailed it right there. Parents and families. So it doesn't even matter about religion. The fact that the Muslim religion is showing up is because they're very strong on their family and they absolutely protect their children to the death. Um, it's very, very important to them, their family values. As with most families, right? So it's almost like we're all meshing over children and saving our children for real. Um, so that's good to see. And people are able to put their other issues aside um, and, you know, focus on the children. So that's great to see. And I think you're right. They, they didn't anticipate uh, such a large organization or group to wake up and say, yeah, we're going to get involved too. So what I saw in those pictures was a whole bunch of parents that cared about their children. 
and they also had various religious gear on. So that's what I saw, and that, that made me happy. Because we absolutely, one day you're going to be a parent, and uh, God will certainly bless you that way. And I believe you're on the right track because you want to be a young parent. So um, very cool with that. And once you become a parent, you're going to fully understand how you would put your life down for, for your child. And it sounds like you might even do that for your country already. So, wow, well, well done there on that one, Josh. Now, what do you have planned over the next couple of weeks and how can people support you? So first, what are you doing for the next couple of weeks? And then how can people support you? Yeah, um, so... The summer is kind of wide open right now. Um, we we do plan to um, be right back on the schools um, starting September. Um, I think it's important we keep that fire going. And we had a strong finish to the school year here. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're, we'll be right back at things in September. But uh, I think right now we're, we're actually um, going to be trying to get into the, the, the States a bit over the summer and uh, make some connections there. Um, and then we'll, we'll also, we, we do have a couple events planned. I have a couple speaking engagements and whatnot. And I think, uh, I'll be in a couple of different provinces, um, throughout the summer, but, uh, yeah, well, who knows what the future holds. It's, it's often quite last minute when we decide these things and we hear from students pretty last minute as well. So, um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, you can, like, I, I see you got my Twitter up there, um, mm -hmm. and you can check that, um, I always post my updates there. Um, I am on other platforms as well, but Twitter is my main one. So yeah, feel free to follow there. And uh, we we will be posting our new website and new store and everything there. So um, it should be it should be about a week's time. That's wonderful. So yeah, we'll also propagate all your stuff. So when your hats are available, we'll, we'll tweet it out. Just hit me up on the DM. Uh, we'll definitely get that stuff out. And I have a bit of a network now where we can propagate stuff. So please reach out. And I'll, I'll get you on there as well. We do have some comments. So if you don't mind, I'll take you through some comments from people. Uh, Hannah says, your parents must be so proud of you, Josh. Is that an understatement of the year? You know, uh, certainly they support you, but what are the, what is dinner like with your family when you can sit down with them? Is it all about what you're working on or they just want to treat you like their, their kid and just get back to a normal family life? Well, yeah, it's certainly hard to, um, and, uh, to, to embrace the normalcy of a regular family life at this point, right? Both my parents have been placed on leave and under investigation, um, we're all across the, the the country um between me and my brother and yeah so we're it, it is pretty wild it's pretty hectic i don't actually get to see my family a whole lot but um mm -hmm. they they um have obviously taken quite a serious fall here and that needs to be recognized by the nation these uh these typical communists are coming after the families too and yeah. uh so i'm 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 happy to have my parents in my corner here um and they recognize the truth and the fullness of it, and uh, they aren't going to back down. And I bet you you have a bunch of uh, mothers coming up to you, introducing their daughter to you. You might have some of that happening in the next little bit. Hey, have you met Cindy or, or Stacy, right? Yeah, that, that happens for sure. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I don't have any daughters, but if I have one, I, I would reach out to you. You're an amazing young man there, Josh. Uh, so we have a couple more comments here. A lot of people love you. Uh, so Schmidt House Podcast, by the way, if you have some availability, I'm going to connect you with this guy. He's another very good interview that you may have. So I'll pass that to, uh, to you behind the scenes. But Josh, uh, um, Zach says, Josh is a person who the people of the, his generation should look, look up to. Many adults don't have the courage to do what he has done. Zach, you're 100% right. In fact, very little. Even leaders have it, what, what it takes that Josh is doing. So, yeah, so there's adults, and this is a, 
a very nice gentleman and he's looking up to you. Does that feel weird for you to have adults say to you, Hey, you're inspiring. Uh, I'm very proud that your generation is doing something. Does that feel weird to you? Yeah. I mean, to an extent, it takes some adjusting too. And I mean, it was, it was a bit overwhelming when I, like it was going, I was going on Tucker, there's some big shows and then I'd go to an actual in-person engagement and I would be there for like three, four hours hungry, <laughs> waiting, waiting to go get dinner or whatever. And you'd just be shaking hands and whatnot. So like it, 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 it hits you at first, you kind of get used to it. Um, but it, it, it also is an encouragement to see that happening all across the country and that people are watching, people are listening and they're, they're, they're willing to hear the truth and they're willing to uh, come out and uh, support it. How do you keep yourself grounded? Because quite frankly, most kids are not kids. You're not kids. You're most young adults, your age, they're flipping burgers or making blizzards, but here you are have international attention and changing uh, the world through fighting an indoctrination agenda. So how do you keep yourself grounded so that you don't, you know, float away and, and get, you know, your ego or anything get inflated? Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> ego is a problem we see in my generation a lot. And uh, it's, uh, it's something we got to put aside and not, uh, not embrace too much because uh, it's dangerous and it'll take you down. Um, and pr pride is a sin. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> if you've learned anything from our movement, pride is sin and we're not going to, we're not going to embrace it. Um, and uh it's uh when, when you get to see behind the scenes and you, you know yourself and you know your uh, your strengths and your weaknesses um it's and you know where your strength is coming from um there's there's not a whole lot of uh pride in the self there it's it's more um just conviction and um encouragement across the country and uh you, you just have to take it move on um and uh recognize that it's going to be like that for a bit and just not let get it to your head and stay a small organization. We, we keep everything small. Um, we started small. I, I have spent my fair share of time flipping burgers and doing all that sort of stuff. And uh, believe it or not, I still am employed. I haven't worked since February, but I still do have a job. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I, I understand where these people are coming from and they're the, they're the people I want to yeah. reach. So I'm not going to stick my chin up above them and pretend I'm more than them because I'm really not. No, I've been paying close attention to the way you answered and, and the things you say. You're definitely putting people before you. And you can see that as you're walking just down the sidewalk. Uh, and you know these people don't like you. But you're going to stand and hold your presence, which is amazing. Uh, Anika Reeve says, thank you, Josh. So you have a lot of support out there. Um, won't take the chip. Don't know what his real name is or she. But won't take the chip. Uh, such a difference listening to an intelligent, well-spoken young man with morals compared to the crap on Netflix, Twitter, or an actual life. Great interview. You know what? There's a lot of people that, that think this exact way. It's very refreshing to hear from people like you and uh, Students Against Mandates and to see that there's another generation who's standing up and, and fighting for us. So there's a lot of um, optimism amongst people like me and won't take the chip here uh, that, no, oh, maybe Canada isn't going to be in good hands. Maybe there's another generation there that's uh, a little bit smarter than the one right before you, <laughs> but you'll be able to kind of clean things up a bit. So thank you for that. Anonymous says, shout out to Josh. Anonymous, I'm not sure how we can say shout out to Josh without knowing who you are, but Anonymous says it. I don't know if it's that organization with the funny masks or just somebody that's keeping their identity, but there's a shout out there for you there, Josh. Uh, Billy Ray says, hi, Jason, keep up the great work, Josh. 
So hi, Jason, comma, keep up the great work, Josh. So you're getting support from Billy Ray as well. Patriot Katz says, ask Josh if he plans to preach morals to young people. They need it. I think he covered that. But let's go ahead and, and uh, let uh, Patriot Katz know what your answer is to that. Well, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to, uh, I, th- I think I think our generation has lost its moral compass um, in all the gen- generosity and filth. And it's like, we have every, every fleshly pleasure at our fingertips. Um, and uh, whether it be video games, pornography, social media, entertainment, it's, it's filth. Um, it's a cesspool. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's important that uh, I think young people maintain uh, discipline, self-discipline, self-respect, um, and a uh, relationship with, uh, the, with the creator um, and uh, understand that um, all those, those uh, momentary pleasures are going to come back to bite you um, if you do not control them and contain them. Yeah, it's amazing how you put it that way, because even the oral pleasure of food, if you give into that, you're going to gain weight. The physical pleasure of sexuality, if you um, give into that, you can have some problems, disease, unwanted pregnancy, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's wonderful that you're, you're doing that. And we don't see that enough. And I think you're right. Hannah says here, great show, Jason. Thanks. Josh, keep up the great work or good work and God bless all. So for Hannah and me and people like you, God bless is definitely um, where we put our faith as well and get our strength as well. Uh, I have a fox in my yard and I'm looking right at it and I have chickens beside me or behind me. So I'm keeping an eye on this little guy. Um, And by the way, we feed the foxes well around here. So they got full bellies. Uh, And then we got another anonymous shout out to, to freedom to not just Josh, but shout out to freedom. And then Steve says, save Canada is effectively saving Canada one day at a time. I, I, I like this. I like this a lot. So you're working with people like Chris Dacey and uh, who else? Who else is working with uh, Save Canada that you can mention? Um, well, yeah, we've got, we've got several different helpers there. I mean, Chris Dacey has been very uh, helpful with all his, um, all his uh, videography work, and he's always there to cover everything. Um, and he, he's a dedicated guy. I would encourage you guys to... Go take a look at what he's doing, Daisy Media. Um, and, uh, I mean, yeah, there's another guy that has dedicated his life to the cause. Um, and it's not in as public. Well, it's quite public, but he's he's uh, he's more so just behind the scenes doing what he's doing. And he's not asking for a whole lot for it. And he's just trying to, to get by while helping uh, us on our journey. So, yeah, I'd encourage you uh, to go check out his profile and see what you can do to support him. Yeah, absolutely. And we have him on on july 11th so he'll be on right after alex cabana so we have an entire advocates week so i'll just let you know um so july 10th is alex cabana because he's a he's a um, veteran advocate so he's a veteran himself and he advocates for veterans we have chris dacey which i called uh, titled street advocate because he's all over the streets doing his thing capturing video and sharing it and then on thursday the 13th i have uh bethann nod nodwell and stacy yep. cotter you know them Oh, yeah, 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 you were with Beth just uh, on Saturday night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, how yeah. I got to see you. Yeah, yeah. So thank you to Beth Ann, by the way, if you're watching. I appreciate that. So we'll have them on the 13th. And then on the 14th, we have a musical advocate, which is Greg Arcade. Are you familiar with him? Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, I've seen some of the, the stuff on Twitter there. I believe, yeah. yeah, I believe we've met as well. Yeah, so stay tuned to those. There's an entire good week of advocates just like you. And uh, it's a small world. Are you finding that, that there's like a small grouping of people who are doing this freedom fighting and we kind of all getting to know each other now? Yeah, you, you come around and see the same faces a lot. Um, 
which uh it's uh yeah it is a small world and uh, we're we're making we're, we're we're trying to make it bigger um it, we need to we i want to see a lot more uh new faces a lot of younger faces and i think we will soon right now i have four more little little questions here or, or comments and then i'll let you wrap up i can tell that you're it's time to go and have your lunch and me and me as well uh so i appreciate you taking that time uh carol says carolyn leg league uh thank you josh love you stay safe yeah please do stay safe uh people do want to hurt you they want to burn you they're putting their hands in your pants they're hitting you they're taking your hat they're pulling on your crucifix trying to choke you like Dude, you're going through quite a bit, so uh, really stay safe out there as well. Um, Connie Harry Hay says, this young man is so amazing. His level of maturity and understanding is so refreshing. She's clearly talking about you because uh, you're the only young man on this screen. But yeah, you're getting comments like that out of Connie as well. Um, do Can people write you? Do you have a place where they can send you letters and cards and stuff like that? Uh, yes, we, well, actually we don't have a mailing address yet. We're trying to work something out for that, but, uh, we, we have, uh, the, our public email address is savecanada.team at gmail.com. So, okay. uh, we'll also, that'll all be getting, we'll be getting new stuff as well with the website. But like I said, I'll make sure all that's updated and all that info is publicly available. Okay, cool. Do you mind if for now I can give my PO box and then I can forward that to you when you have uh, something to forward to? Because uh, if people want to send you a card or a little letter or something, they can have it sent it. Sure, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. All right, so PO box eight eight six, Breton, Alberta, Tango Zero Charlie Zero Papa Zero. You can find it on my website as well at yellowhead.vote at the bottom. Anything you send that says Josh or Save Canada or anything like that, I won't open, but I will forward it off to you guys when you're ready for that. Because I know there's a lot of people that like to write and, and send in you know fan art and that kind of stuff. So if any of that shows up, I'll send it right to you. Azario says, thank you, Josh, for being an outstanding man with principles and values that you are 100% committed to. Stay true, keep being humble, and you'll succeed. Yeah, Azario, I 100% agree with that. And um, you're the type of gentleman that I will expose my kids to. We got Mr. Beast out there with his buddy, but we need more people like you. Um, Anika Reeve says, any thoughts on how Sam Osterhoff, Osterhoff could help? Do you know that name? It sounds familiar, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I can't put a I face to that. No, I don't know that name either. But, well, we got it out there, and I guess the quick answer is unknown. We don't know who that is. Uh, would you consider doing podcasting and maybe doing a weekly something uh, to keep your message out there, uh, you know, in the digital world as well? Yeah, I've well, actually, we did have, we had a studio and everything. We're about to launch a podcast for the the three of us there. Um, things got even more busy, and I mean, it's definitely something I want to get started in the future. But uh, I, I don't know when we'll get around to that. But uh, yeah, we did. We have. We are ready to to launch um, whenever we decide to do it. Though that's exciting. So do keep us posted on that. We'll get your your links out and stuff like that. Highly encourage it. It's a good way to stay connected. And maybe you can do some sort of talk show where, you know, the youth can come in and, you know, say and talk to you and, and get interactions with you. Uh, but, yeah, we would watch that. So I would encourage that as well. Well, that's the end of my questions, but I'm happy to keep chatting with you a little bit longer to uh, let you get some more messages out and maybe speak directly to first the youth and then maybe Canada's leaders. Because I think they need to hear from you as well. Um, this could be the MPs out there. This could be mayors. This could be premiers. Uh, so first, maybe say something to the to the youth, and then let's have a little chat to the leaders of our country. 
Well, yeah, I, I mean, to youth, <laughs> it's time we recognize that we're we're at a point in our society and our culture where nobody cares. Like we're 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 in a battle, um, and uh, no nobody cares about the the small personal issues that are going to come your way. Um, it, it, we're we're growing up in a society that has embraced um, fleshly pleasure, and that turns out to it turns into depression and a whole lot of other issues in your life. Um, and uh, that's why I think it's so important that we maintain self discipline and um, and work on ourselves and uh, and uh, recognize uh, the, the gospel and um, uh, return to for salvation um, because that's really the only way here through here. And I believe we, we are pilgrims on this earth and we've got to do our best to um, bring people to Christ while we're here. Um, so we got to remember where our goals are at. And it's not necessarily that high school diploma or that post-secondary education. It's uh, our goals are much higher than that. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, we have, we have a higher purpose and uh, yeah, we need to, we need to stay true to our values and um, hold our ground here because that's, that's not something that's uh, that's a, uh, looked upon too uh, kindly in our society um and uh yeah so it's it's time to step up the game and uh, get involved and uh, be vocal and uh, put away fear um and uh, as far as the leaders of our nation go i think they ought to be ashamed of themselves they've they've doomed our generation um they've doomed the nation um they're pathetic tyrants in most cases or they're just pathetic cowards and uh god's got a special place for cowards um i have no respect for it at all um, and if, if you want to, if you want to take on a, a role of leadership in our nation, you better be willing and ready to face the consequences of that, um, mm -hmm. and take the stance that is necessary. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it, as a nation, we need to stop supporting, um, politicians that, uh, refuse to stand for us. And that includes this whole new, uh, Pierre Polyev trend and everybody getting on the conservative party wagon, um, I think they're all a bunch of useless beta soy boys. Um, they've done mm -hmm. nothing. They've done nothing for the Canadian people. They talk about the price of milk, and that's about it. Um, and uh, what I often say um, is, if if a uh, politician, a somebody that is uh, wishing to lead the nation, will not stand up for teenage girls and their safety and their security and their privacy when addressed about it and spoken to about it, um, who are they going to stand up for? They they're, they're cowards. Um, and uh, I think that. Uh, that this issue that I've been working on has really exposed um, the, the height of their cowardice and uh, we need to stop supporting them and uh, put in leaders that are going to um, stand up for us and stand up for the uh, morality and what is right. God bless you. Do you mind? Could you kind of lead us in a little closing prayer? Sure. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, please do. Dear Lord, um, thank you for everything you've done for us in uh, in this movement. I thank you for the progress we've had, um, and uh, I thank you for this uh, this opportunity to get on this show. And I pray that uh, Jason here would have a lot more um, uh, luck coming up with other uh, podcasts and be able to get his word out there, and that we'd all take part in this in some in some uh, way or another, and uh, that we'd all just uh, have our eyes on you and on uh, the truth and uh, be lights in a dark world. I ask these things in your name, Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. And thank you for the prayers. And uh, he has, I've been very blessed and I can feel his presence all the time as I'm doing this. Even you getting together uh, with Beth Ann and then she reached out and then what, bada boom, bada bang, you found some time. Thank you so much. God bless you, Josh. And yeah, uh, you. you know, 
we're out there. Give me those links. We'll get you some support. We'll sell some hats. We'll send you some letters. Uh, but you keep it up. Thank you very much for your Thank time you. today. Appreciate it. Eh? Yeah. God bless, buddy. God bless.